1: You know what? You're in for a real treat, Pet Pals. That's because our special guest today, I think, ranks as one of the top pet journalists on the planet. Yeah, I said it. She is here today to unleash some great cat and dog tips that will bring out the best in your pets. The award-winning, and always possum, Amy Sojai. Welcome to the show,
2: Amy. Hey, Arden. It's so good to see you again, and a fellow texan and we are braving the heat luckily i had my ac guys out there yesterday and they checked every, everything is going paws crossed everything is going to stay cool so
1: <laughs> well i'm laughing because i'm recording the show in my backyard office in dallas arts den and I normally have two dogs and a cat, but now we have five dogs and one cat because I'm taking care of my sister's dogs. And I think I found the mute button on them. They're being hush puppies. Ba-dum-bum. Ba-dum-bum. Hey, <laughs> Runcha. Rimshot, rimshot. Amy. Sojai does so many wonderful things. She has strong typing fingers. She's very good in uh, theaters, she knows fiction, nonfiction. She's going to help us out. But we got to take this break. So you all know the drill. Let's just sit and stay, and we'll be right back.
0: Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually, sit and stay,
3: all behave. We'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray or worrying. Oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning. No scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to KittyPooClub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit KittyPooClub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome
1: back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now my guest is pet expert, Amy Sojai. I could name everything that she does, but we only have 30 minutes in this show. But uh, I think you and I, I was trying to figure it out, Amy. I think we've been friends since way back to 1999 when you partied, whatever, like Prince said. And I had joined the Cat Writers Association. That is CWA that you helped create. And I can't believe it. You were celebrating the 30th anniversary.
2: Right. Of the incorporation. It's crazy. Yeah, it was actually our very first meeting was 1992. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, CWA, though, we're cats, we land on our feet, we're in, we're in like our fifth life. So I think we're going to go strong for a long, long time here. For a while, we were just kittens kind of getting our feelings, you know, and, uh, but yeah, we're in our prime now, I think. Well,
1: I like the way you described it, because that's been your career, too, because you have evolved. I'm thinking back in the early 90s or whatever. Even late eighties, no one heard of Facebook. I think the only keyword that we used that started with the letter F was fax machine. Right?
2: Oh, right. Yes, I was my first my first writing assignments. It was all done snail mail, uh, sometimes by fax. No email. My husband is an electrical engineer, and email was for the techie guys at work. We didn't have email at home. He had it at work. We didn't have it at home, and so it was always when I was still working a real job, I was running home on my lunch hour and calling the West Coast because of the time difference to do my interviews and then staying up late after work to do the writing. You did the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We live in an instant me now kind of a uh, world of communication. I don't have a fax machine.
2: I don't Not anymore. have a no. landline
1: anymore. Um, I do I have apps. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I have QR tags. I feel cool. I have QR tags. But we have to keep up with the times. Don't you agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's it's a constant situation where you're reinventing yourself. I mean, for I I railed against it for years, arguing with editors over taking electronic rights along with print rights. Oh, because, okay. Because, you know, there was a big dust stop way back in the day, uh, because they didn't, they weren't willing to pay extra for that. And now, of course, a lot of the print things have gone away, and it's all electronic rights. So I had a great deal because I kept my electronic rights and could resell those. But yeah, it was kind of a paw wrestling deal there for a while.
1: Well, I'm laughing, folks. I want you all to go to her site. It's Sojai. It's dot com. Thank you for keeping it in a very small lettered URL. That makes it easy, right? Right, right. But you're going to get into some pet tips, but I wanted people to get a little flavor for what you all are about. I mean, if you want to learn about cats and dogs, our guest, Amy Sojai, does it in so many avenues, so many platforms. I mean, I was looking on your site. You can, let's see, I think you said, quote, I blog, I speak. I send newsletters. I post videos. So many ways to ask me stuff. Yeah. Tell me why it's so important in 2023 in your role as a pet educator, really, all these avenues. And
2: that's a lot of balls juggling. Well, it is. And, you know, sometimes you drop a ball and hopefully it bounces, but you just have to keep going because different people learn in different ways, just like cats and dogs learn in different ways, and they still want the information. I have, I have readers, I have very faithful readers who want a print book, My dad wants a hardcover book. Other people want an e-book or they want to go online to a newsletter where, you know, my newsletter goes out every Saturday morning. There's a roundup of the blogs that go to my newsletter. So they don't even have to remember it comes to their inbox. It's very easy. So there's all different ways. I have a software program that can turn a blog post into a video so that they can Really? I want to know about that. That's Yeah, it's very cool. That's a part of AI that I like because it's an AI kind of a thing, artificial intelligence. In fact, the last part of my latest thriller, I was having problems getting stuff done. And so I invested in a software program called Dragon that is, it's an artificial intelligence. You speak into the microphone and it dictates onto the screen for you. So the last part of the book was written with an automated dictation software. And then I went back in and edited it. And my editor, it was really funny because she said, I can tell where you changed because the dictation, I had to be very careful how I spoke. So instead of saying, I don't know, it was, I do not know. She said, so some of your voice.'" So I had to go back and do a little bit of editing, but it was very fast for me because as Ardent knows, you get me talking, I don't stop. And so it was a much faster process for me and I didn't have to worry about spell check or any of that stuff. So,
1: Wow. And now what kind of program turns a blog into? A- Our fans are listening.
2: Yes, actually I have, I am working with a company that's called Ezoic, E-Z-O-I-C. And they do all of my advertising on the blog. It's all an automated Thing And if you reach a certain level with viewers, you know, with uh, subscribers, then you get that software for free. So it's and they have voices you can choose a female voice that has an English accent and can dictate, you know, talk, yes, narrate what it is that you've just written and that kind of thing. I've I've done my own before, but it's very labor intensive. And, you know, I post it on YouTube or TikTok or wherever, but this is, this is very easy. So, you know, just hit a button and it imports the pictures that I've already used and then I can edit it. It's a real nifty program. So there are some kinds of AI that I like and others that I'd like to you know bury in the litter box so
1: but what you're hearing everyone tuning in is here's somebody who is years old like me we're actually <laughs> uh, one month apart I'm not gonna say our birth year do thank not you, say thank it you. but you've always kept up with the times and always sort of been a pioneer in some new things. so what is it about yourself that says I'm not going to be stuck in a rut yeah this worked really well then. But I know the times they're changing, and I won't sing. But you know the time. Oh, I am the times (laughs) they're changing. So, how? What advice can you give people? What does it for you?
2: Well, uh, whatever works for you, and you don't have to be up to date on every single thing. You don't, and you don't have to be on every social media platform. If you don't like TikTok, don't go there. If you don't like Instagram, don't do that. I don't do Instagram. I do a lot of Facebook, and it automatically goes to Instagram. I was doing a lot of YouTube and I have, you know, like 350 or something, those short Ask Amy videos. I need to start doing those, but those are very easy to do. They're only like two to three minutes long. And that's, that's almost too long these days because we have such a short attention span, but do what you enjoy. Cause if you hate it, you're not going to do it very long and you're going to burn out. So find the one or two or three things that you love to do, if you love to write poetry, do that, do that. I write lyrics. I'm not a very good poet, but I do like, I write, I write lyrics. Write up
1: there too called strays. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: So find things that fill up your cup to overflowing, whatever, you know, turns you on the, you know, the catnip, whatever the, the, the bone that you love to chew. Those are the things that are going to inspire you. I had always wanted to write fiction and didn't have time because I was so busy writing nonfiction to pay the bills. And then and then publishing changed. And it was like they kicked me out. They kicked me off the cliff. I couldn't publish anything anymore. And I said, well, if I can't do that, then here's a good time to to experiment and try with the fiction. And it was just about the time that self-publishing was coming about. And I hooked up with a a small independent press. And that kind of launched my my fiction writing career. But I wrote what I loved. And I wrote, the first book I wrote was the one I had always wanted to read and couldn't find. So I wrote my passion. And I was just very fortunate that other people seemed to like it too. And here we are with book seven in the series and more to come.
1: Oh my gosh well please tell because you're on now dare or die and right. we're going to get to the pet tips in a minute but we're kind of showing the evolution of amy sojai so <laughs> you realized yeah you could do uh, non-fiction you're not these or they're going to make you do work for hire and you said okay this must be the uh, cosmos tell me this is your time to do non uh, to do fiction right
2: Pretty much, and and as you know, um, you know I've talked about reinventing myself several times over my career. You've done the same thing. I mean, we've we've followed pretty much parallel paths in our publishing.
1: I haven't done fiction yet. I just well, well, you
2: still—it's not too late. But you've done kids' books, and I haven't, and that's kind of on my wish list down the road. So, I mean, there's there are so many different ways you can reach your audience, and I'm reading, I'm reaching some of my same nonfiction audience through the fiction, because my main character is a trainer, is an animal behavior person. And her sidekick is a service dog, a German Shepherd service dog, and who was partnered with, in the first book, he was partnered with an autistic child. And I had no idea how to write an autistic child's viewpoint. So when we were in those scenes, I wrote it from the dog's viewpoint, but he doesn't talk. Because as an animal behavior uh, professional, I wanted to show my readers how I perceive the dog works in his environment, perceives things. So he hears things, smells things, reacts appropriately as a dog would. So he might, in one, one of the early scenes, it was, you know, why is that man staring at me? He doesn't look away the way a polite dog would. See, people respond to that. And I get reviews saying, oh, that's why my cat does that. Or that's why my dog does that. So it's a w- another way to reach and to edutain our readers and get that because these are people that are probably never going to pick up my nonfiction book or one of your excellent books either. So but they will read fiction. And if we can learn this, sneak it in. Yeah, no, you're sneaking in Good things about how cats
1: and dogs think and behave. And everyone, we're speaking with Amy Sojai. Really, she's a force to be enjoyed, not reckoned with, but to enjoy. <laughs> and I want you after the show to go to Sojai, S H O J A I. You're almost like a Vanna White name, lots of vowels.com. <laughs> And uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about September and Shadow Thrillers because I love the titles, and Dare or Die is just out, and it's audio. So everybody, sit, stay. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash
3: right after these messages. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com. Use code MEOW30 at checkout and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. PetLife
3: hey, this is Katherine Heigl, and you are listening to Miss Garden Moore on OBehave oh on Pet Life Radio. Tune in for more fantastic ideas and tips for your dogs and cats and pet.
0: We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBE. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the OBE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I have my good friend, Amy Sojai, on. She is an accomplished author. She's dedicated to give you the answers about your dogs and cats in any way she thinks you can help learn, whether it's a a newsletter, a a nonfiction book, a fiction book audio youtube on and on you know you get the word out for sure um september and shadow thrillers you purposely can you name the titles i got them in front of me but i'm gonna see how good you are you've got seven books and they all have only three words in each title can you do it
2: that's beginning to be a little bit of a challenge so i've got uh, lost and found was first then hide and seek show and tell fight or flight hit and run Win or lose, and now dare or die. And the one after this is sink or swim. So i still got it going.
1: <laughs> you're like a Sue Grafton uh, writer. <laughs> Remember, she went through the whole alphabet A to Z and got them all done. So you're doing it. You're smarter because you don't have to do the alphabet, but you still have to come up with three words and they have to kind of opposite or whatever, right?
2: Right. they have to be active verbs. So, you know, it's they they have to be a verb that's going to be in action. And then they have to have something to do with the plot. So sometimes the title inspires the plot and other times I've written the book first and that kind of inspires what the title is. And it's, I have problems. I have to almost have a, a title in mind to get started with it. People ask too, I just, I just did an interview with another, another friend and she was asking, you know, how did, did you, did you plot all of the series out at one time? Or, you know, how did that work? And I said, well, actually I wrote the first book. I thought it was going to be a one-off. I thought, you know, it was a standalone book. And I was just, because it took me five, six years to do the first book. And then people kept asking, well, but you kept saying these things, had happened in September's past. And what were they? And how did they, you know? And so I had to do a second book to explain some of her backstory. I like that. I like and it that. was it was interesting because my editors I asked her and she said, yeah, if they're asking for more books, absolutely for sure. Let's let's do that. And after the third book, I took my rights back and now I publish independently. But the first three books I published with a very small independent press.
1: I like that. Well, you're also sort of a legal beagle. You're reading contracts, which is something we all
2: need to do. Yeah, I've always, even when I'm no longer agented, but even when I was with my, I had a real, very high power, very well-known agent. And I I was always reading the contracts and catching things that she hadn't. I worked, in a previous life, I worked for an attorney also. So I had some of that background and kind of knew what to look for and what was important to me. So, and she was very savvy. I was very fortunate that when publishing went, what, what I call kerflooey, that's a technical term. Yeah, I can't spell it, but yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> she had already made arrangements. Any book that went out of print, she had already gotten my rights back on them. So those were the first good. books that I reissued, updated and put in ebook format. So I, you know, I had very, very good, they'd already been copy edited. I had to do new new covers and all of that but i had really good material to work with to experiment with starting out
1: now one thing i like is ask amy on youtube so amy i'm going to ask you let's go through a few cat questions and a few dog questions people are asking you number one all right i think my cat is lonely she's 10 years old so i'm going to get her a pair of kittens me-ouch. How would Amy answer that? What's your suggestions?
2: There are a couple of things going on here. First of all, did you really ask your 10-year-old cat, who is probably likes things just the way he or she has them right now, all of your attention focused on that cat. So the first thing I would ask is, has your cat ever been with other pets before? What was the other cat's experience before? Uh, for instance, if they had a, a cat buddy or a dog buddy and lost them, how do they get along with that? Now, there are some individual foibles, you know, maybe they like this cat, but not that one. But if they've never, ever lived with another cat, two kittens is probably going to be a little overwhelming for them. Now, I will say the only time that I recommend that is when you are adopting a pair of kittens if you get a together. pair together, they're going to attack each other and not your ankles, and they're going to teach each other kind of the rules of the road. So that's good. But, you know, if it's if it's a really, really friendly, savvy cat that enjoys that, terrific. Otherwise, you might want to think a little bit more along the lines of maybe an, a, another adult cat that also already gets along with, with cats because... You know, a kitten is a like, has no off switch.
1: <laughs> okay. I have five dogs here right now I'm taking care of. My sister's dogs and my two dogs. It's hilarious. When it's time to go potty, they all go outside and whoever pees first, everyone gets in line and pees on top of the pee. Why are they doing that?
2: <laughs> you know, we're, we're not exactly sure what, why, why they do that. A lot of dogs do that and it's a marking behavior. So it's almost like the, you know, the bulletin board at at work, and everybody has to put in their two cents worth there, and they they kind of you know it's we we joke and we call it p but it actually is. I mean that's kind of what that's how dogs read their word their their world and what's going on with you health wise. What's you know maybe maybe uh, the first one that marks is the big guy, the big big dog on campus, and the others just kind of want to follow in his paw steps. So there's a number of different things that might be going on there, but it's funny because some will and others don't, yeah. and others don't. And it's a very kind of individual thing. Let's keep this potty
1: habit theme going for <laughs> cats. Why does my cat insist on following me to the bathroom?
2: <laughs> That's a great one. I, I, I actually, I have a like a handout on that one uh, on my blog. But it's, it's, it's funny because there are a couple different things going on. It's a place where they know what you're going to do. You are not going to be moving around. You are usually seated and you can't move quickly. There is a vanity there where they can get at eye level and they have you at their command at that point. And then also there's that old saw that a closed door is just asking for the cat to paw at it and you know cats don't believe in closed doors. They want to they want to know what's going on. There's several different things going on. The biggest thing though is that it is it's a cool place. Maybe they like the the temperature difference, but it's a place that they can anticipate what is going to happen and they are in control. When we're standing up and running around and reaching for them, they have no control. This way, when you're sitting down, especially, you know, if that's what you're doing, you're sitting down, you can't get up and chase them if they're doing something else. And maybe you turn the water faucet on and they like to do that, or that you know, there's some chaining behaviors that they can always anticipate. What's going to happen in that little room?
1: I like it. Now, all right. What about the dog who's barking? There's a deliverer coming up the steps. Why should you never go, shut
2: up? I said, shut up, I said, shut up. Well, you know, dogs dogs they want to tell us what's going on. And that's that's in the description of dog jobs. They are there to alert us to anything that's different. A dog's bark is a basically it's it's a fire alarm to say hey did you see that oh my gosh that's so exciting or danger will robinson or you know whatever it may be and what happens is if they're frightened or they're scared or they're some and they bark and then the mailman turns around and goes away it worked Their barking made the scary man go away so it was a self-rewarding behavior and if you yell at them and they're barking they're thinking yeah, she's barking with me. Yay, it's a big choir. Let's all bark together. So, so there's a couple of different so things going you do? on there. Well, you can enlist uh some help with uh the male, male person and ask them to conspire with you so that uh they they don't go away until the dog stops barking. You can also set up triggers ahead of time and have maybe a neighbor kid ring the bell over and over and over and over and, you know and kind of wear wear that out a little bit but in order to kind of quench the bark you have to first put the bark on command so you teach you teach them to speak first and then when they, then you know how to, when they are not barking, you reward that behavior instead. So there's a couple different ways you can do that. But, you know, in a, in a 30 second answer, it's a little difficult. (laughs) What do
1: you think about having your options where people can write to you or you haven't asked Amy on YouTube? How is that benefiting you think now you're giving people outlets?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of really good information on the internet now, but sometimes you can't tell what's, what's good advice and what isn't, you know, anybody can get on the internet and say, Hey, I'm an expert. Listen, listen to me. And sometimes the, sometimes the advice is not great. Uh, so you really want to look for credentialed advice. Somebody that has written books and that are well-reviewed. I mean, like Arden uh, has a lot of books. Not I have Amy. a lot of books. There's a lot of people out there that, that are very well credentialed. It's really very difficult to accept anything as absolute advice you know there is a range of answers for every single animal because they're not they're not cookie cutters they're not all the same so what works for my cat is not going to work for yours throw a bone to amy
1: because she's won many awards but she recently got the American Kennel Club's responsible dog ownership award very nice very nice tell us about that that had to be wonderful to hear the news
2: that was exciting. Um, yeah, it's, uh, given through the dog writers association of America. And I had, I've been a member for many, many years. And this was, um, an article I had written for the Hills pet online site. And it was about, um, the responsible ownership pet ownership award was for good information for the general pop population. A lot of the dog writers awards are very, very specific, but this is, uh, Teaching people how to be a responsible pet owner. And so this particular article was about how puppy training and what are some important things that your puppy should know and how can you do this? And just very, very simple advice. I think it's only maybe a thousand words. It's a real short piece. But I was, I was absolutely thrilled because that is, it's judged by. Our peers who also do this that are professional dog riders, they do this for a living and they're very, very savvy people. They know what they're doing. And so that made that that really made my day. I was very excited. You won an award. You won a dog riders award also, though. Come on. You won for this. Yeah for this uh, well, show, right? Well, I got it for, they recognized my podcast
1: and my radio show. So I'm very honored about that. But thank you. What's a last bit of advice you want to give people? Because I can't believe it's almost time. The show goes by too fast when you have a talented guest like Amy Sojai. What's something you would love if you could be a dog or a cat? What's something you'd want to tell us that might a connection with them better?
2: That's, Okay, if I were a cat or a dog, I would say I am not, I am a cat, I am a dog, I am not a human. If I'm a cat, listen to what I'm telling you. If I'm a dog, pay attention to what I'm telling you. Our cats and dogs are very, very expressive, and they will tell us what they want and what they need. I'm doing continuing education um, online courses right now and just had a, a, a wonderful session about how cats should be fed and how they should be interacted with compared to humans. And it was very, very interesting because you know we are primates, humans are primates. We're touchy feely. We wanna kiss, we wanna cuddle. We wanna do all of that. Dogs and cats may not appreciate that. A lot of cats don't do hugs. A lot of dogs will learn to, um, but that is not a species appropriate way to interact with our animal companions. So. If I'm a cat or a dog, the one number one thing I would want to tell humans is learn to understand what I'm telling you, my body language. It's not just barks and meows. It's the whole pet. And that's going to increase the bond you share, and you're going to have such a much more enriched communication between the two of you.
1: You had me at meow, <laughs> I'm telling you. And you're, you're doggone great. Hey, everybody, <laughs> it's been my honor and pleasure to have on our show today, Amy Sojai, dot com. She has dedicated her life to making this a better planet for all of us, including those that bark and meow. Amy, thank you, I'm so glad you got to be on the show.
2: Oh, thank you, Arden, it's always such a pleasure. And, and, and thanks to Mark, who's behind the scenes and making it sound and look good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's talking about Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio. Everybody, check out our other shows on Pet Life Radio. Check me out at ardenmore.com. Subscribe to my YouTube, please. And until next time, this is your flea free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four leggers out there. Oh,
0: behave.